the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We often hear a lot about this word destiny. As Christians, we know that our ultimate destiny is eternal. But in the midst of leading such busy and hectic lives, we rarely stop to think about what eternity really means. I'm Pastor Dudley Rutherford, and this is the Lift Up Jesus radio program. Thank you for tuning in today. I do not think that it's an accident that you're tuning in and listening this very moment. We are here Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on KKLA. So meet me here every weekday and encourage your friends and family to listen as well. Can you do that, please? I do not think that it's an accident that right now when we're on the radio that you are tuned to this radio station. I want to invite you to visit us at Shepherd Church at one of our three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, or Aquadulce. If you do not have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us. You can visit our website at liftupjesus.com. That's liftupjesus.com for locations and service times. I hope that I see you this weekend at church if you don't have a church home. Be sure to stick around until the end of today's program because I have some special information that I want to share with you when this message concludes. Now let's get right into our teaching for today. Today, I want to speak to you on the subject of three seconds after you die. I was golfing, and I was playing with a guy, and he said, you see that caddy? He said, that guy's a part-time comedian. And I go, really? He said, yes. And so several holes we crossed paths, and I said to this comedian, he didn't know who I was, I just said to him, I said, I hear you're a comedian on the side. He goes, I am. And I looked at him, and I asked him this question. I said, are you a G-rated or R-rated comedian? And he turns to me, and he says, well, I can be any type of comedian you want me to be, which gave me my answer, didn't it? And I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. I was just wondering. I said, I can't have a comedian come up to the church, an R-rated comedian. That just wouldn't go over good at the church. He said he understood. So we left, and a couple of holes later, this guy's come running over at me. He goes, hey, I got a joke for you. <laughs> and he's trying to prove to me that he can tell a G-rated joke. That's what he's doing. And he tells me this joke. He says, a guy went in to see his doctor. And it was a bad report. And he said, Doc, give me the news. How long do I have to live? And the doctor says, 10. He goes, 10. He says, yeah, all you've got is 10. He goes, 10? 10 what? 10 weeks? 10 months? 10 years? How long do I got? And the doctor goes, 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7. The Bible teaches that all of us have an appointment with a thing called death. Hebrews 9.27, the Bible says that man is destined to die. It's our destiny. You know Job in the Old Testament. 
he was having a conversation with God. And Job said these words. I want you to see what the Bible says in Job chapter 30, verse 23. Job is speaking to God and he says, Lord, I know that you will bring me down to death to the place appointed for all the living. We all have an appointment with death. There's a man named Jack Cornfield who wrote this poem. It's called Reverse Living. And he writes, I think that the life cycle is all backwards. You should die first and just get it out of the way. And then you live in an old age home. And then you're kicked out when you're too young. And then they give you a gold watch and you go to work. And you work for 40 years until you're young enough to enjoy your retirement. And then you go to college until you're ready for high school. And then you become a little kid, and you play, and you have absolutely no responsibilities. And then you become a little boy or a little girl. And then at the very end, you go back into the womb, and you spend your last nine months just floating. And then you finish off as a gleam in someone's eye. Now, that would be nice, but we can't live life in reverse. We must prepare ourselves for the inevitable. As they say, Father Time is undefeated. The question is not, are we going to die? We know we're all going to die. The question is, what happens after we die? That's the question. Now, throughout history, mankind has always believed that there is some type of life after death. That's why the Egyptians built the pyramids. When you see the pyramids, it's why the Vikings, they dressed their warriors and released them in the wind inside a burning ship. It's why the Chinese built enormous tombs for their emperors. But until you actually cross over from this life to the next, then and only then will all of your questions truly be answered. I want to give you, as we begin, three unbiblical views of the afterlife. The first in your notes is reincarnation. This is after you die, and there's some people believe this. They believe that after you die that you simply return in another form of life. And this is a lot of Eastern religions and some New Age teaching. They believe that if you lived a good life, when you come back, you actually return uh, at a higher level of life. And if you lived a bad life and you die, well, when you come back, you come back in a lower form of life, like a bug or a snake or a Raiders fan. Something like that. I don't know, but that's what they teach. The second unbiblical belief is annihilation. And that's where they say that's all, folks. That when you die, you die. That's it. There is no life after death. It's like a dog dies or like a frog dies or like just anything dies. It's just it. It's over. And in the middle of that word annihilation, there's a Latin word that means nothing. That's what the word annihilation, people that believe that, that when you die, that's it. This is all there is to life is this life. The third is universalism. And that's the belief that it's all good. That no matter who you are, uh, that when you die, that somehow, eventually, we're all going to make it to heaven. So you have nothing to worry about. But I want you to know that all three of those are unbiblical viewpoints of life after death. The Bible is the highest authority to speak on the subject of life after death. Thank you. 
Thank you, Mom, for clapping for me over there. I appreciate that. Jesus, who is the resurrected one, is the most qualified to address this subject of what happens life after death. Okay, let me tell you what's going to happen three seconds after you die. Number one, write this down. You will be more alive than ever before. That's number one. And what I mean by that is while your relatives and your loved ones and your friends will be in shock and disbelief, when your family is weeping and mourning and crying and they're planning your funeral, when they're doing that, you will be more awake, more aware, more alive than ever before. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says, we talked about this last week, that we came from the dust of the earth and when we die, the Bible says that the dust returns to the ground it came from, but the Spirit returns to God who gave it. In the United States of America, one million people die every single year. In China, one million people die every single month. We're all going to die. I have been in the hospital room too many times to count, standing right next to the bed, watching someone take their last breath. And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, educated or uneducated, if you're young or old, it's all the same. I've seen, it with my, I've seen it with my own eyes. The body begins to wear down, and the heart begins to give out, and all of a sudden the heart stops and they, they're breathing, and then the breathing slows, and then it's like they gasp, and they gasp, and you know that this is it. I've seen it. And then they take that last gasp, and it's like you can almost see, but you can't, but you know the moment the spirit of life leaves that shell, you know when it happened. Because the body becomes lifeless. And it's very natural to weep and to cry and to mourn over the loss of a loved one, especially when it's your loss. When you lose your spouse, when you lose your daughter, when you lose your sister, when you lose your parent, when you lose your dad, when you lose your wife or your husband, when that happens, it's very natural to cry. It's okay to weep, but make no mistake, the person you're crying over is more alive than ever before, and eternity is just beginning for that person. It's just beginning. It's not the end, it's the beginning. Number two, write this down. Three seconds after you die, your future will be irrevocably fixed. At that moment, when you die, you'll either be enjoying a personal welcome from the Lord Jesus Christ himself who will say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into your master's happiness. Or... You will be catching your first glimpse of eternity full of gloom and doom as you've never imagined or ever known. Either way, 
your eternal destiny will be irrevocably fixed. There's no changing at that point. I want to read to you this story that Jesus tells. In Luke chapter 16, starting with verse 19. And I have to just say this before I read this story. Some people think that this is just a parable that Jesus just made up. But the people who've studied this, the scholars believe that this is not just a parable, some story that Jesus made up. Because in all the parables, Jesus never used someone's name. And here, when Jesus tells this story, he uses a specific name. That this is a story that Jesus told because he knew this story was real. But here's the story in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. And the Bible says he lived in luxury every single day. But out at his gate... Was a, was a beggar by the name of what? Lazarus. And Lazarus, according to the Bible, was covered with sores. And he was longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. He was just looking for some crumbs. And even the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, at the time came when the beggar, Lazarus, he died. And the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the Bible says that the rich man also died, but he was buried. And the Bible says in verse 23, this is in the Bible, in hell. The rich man ended up in hell where he was in torment. And he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with, who, well, who's that? That's the guy that used to lie at my gate. I used to beg you to go through my garbage. That's Lazarus. What's he doing up there? Verse 24. So he called out to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. I know that guy. Send Lazarus to dip the tip, just the tip of his finger, just to dip it in some water and touch my tongue, cool my tongue, because I'm in agony in this fire. Verse 25. Abraham said, Son, son. Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things and now he, Lazarus, is comforted here and you are in agony. And then he says these words. And besides all of this, even if Lazarus wanted to come down there, between us and you is a great chasm and it has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. A great chasm has been fixed. I want you to imagine all the people that you know that said no to Jesus Christ. All the people who ignored God. All the people who said they didn't have time for God. Think about all the people who said no to the church and no to the Bible and no to faith in Jesus Christ. Imagine them waking up one day their eternity has already been fixed. And they would give anything to go back and change it, but they can't because three seconds after you die, your eternal destiny is irrevocably fixed. I read that in Indiana, there's a cemetery and there's an old tombstone that reads these words. Pause, stranger, when you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. 
As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. And somebody walked by and read that, thought about it, and wrote these words underneath. To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. (laughs) You need to decide now. Before you die, not after you die. Number three, write this down. Three seconds after you die, every earthly accomplishment will become irrelevant. On that day, in a twinkling of an eye, when you pass from this life into the next, all of your earthly, secular accomplishments, your fame, your trophies, your stocks, your possessions, they all become irrelevant. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that he will face the judgment. And at that moment, God is not going to ask you about what kind of car you drove. In Luke chapter 16, this man lived in luxury every day. You know what that means? It means he had so much money, he didn't have to work. He lived in luxury just every day. You see, in Jesus' day, people made a mistake of thinking that wealth was connected to goodness, that if you were wealthy, that somehow it meant that you were good. If you were good, you had wealth. They also believed that if you were poor or living in poverty, well, that must be because you lived a bad life. And God wants you to know that your wealth and your material possessions have absolutely nothing to do with your righteousness before Him. The rich man died. I'm sure they had a big funeral. And one, I, had a, I had a long line of people who came up and said, I'd like to talk about oh so and so. And they went on and on about how great a man he was and how, how, how many boards that he had served. But he ended up in hell. The poor man, Lazarus, when he died, there wasn't a funeral. There was nobody to show up. And people who know what happened back in these days believe that Lazarus was probably just swept off the floor when he died and they took him out to the city wall and there was a garbage dump where people came and just threw all the garbage over the city wall down into this canyon and they believe that Lazarus was probably just taken and thrown over the wall into the garbage pit. And yet he ends up in heaven. And all that again is just Jesus telling us that wealth and accomplishments and accolades have nothing to do with your standing before God. Now I have to say this, there's nothing wrong with having money. As long as you acknowledge that God is the source of your earthly blessings. The sin was not being wealthy. The sin was being self-centered and ignoring the needs of Lazarus on his doorstep every day. I praise God for people who honor God with their wealth. I have to say this. Most of us are wealthy here today. If you're sitting in a chair right now and you're wearing clothes and you had breakfast and you're going to have lunch and somehow you got here in a car or you walked or a train or a bus or however you got here, helicopter, I don't know how you got here. But if you're here today and you're sitting in a chair and you're breathing and you live in the United States of America and you have freedom to bring your Bible in this church, I'm talking about every single one. You're all wealthy. You're the wealthiest people in the world. Every one of you. 
But your wealth has nothing to do with your standing before God. Bill Gates is the richest man in America. He was asked one time if he had been to church, and his reply was, of course not. I have more important things to do with my time. Well, let me tell you, three seconds after his death, Bill Gates will discover that for all of his accomplishments, he has neglected the only thing in life that matters, the spiritual things of life. Number four, write this down, even if you have to shake while you write it. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to end up in hell. You're going to end up there. The Bible says in verse 23, in hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. I've already read this, verse 24. So he called to them, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in some water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this F-I-R-E. Now, the purpose of this message is not, hear me clearly, it's not to explain to you all about hell. Most churches stop teaching about hell altogether. In fact, you can't even go to a church in America today and hear a sermon on hell. You know why preachers don't preach on it? It makes people feel uncomfortable. So they just don't do it. Speaking on hell is bad for church attendance. And if it's bad for attendance, it's bad for the offering. <laughs> so preachers just don't talk about it anymore. Trust me or don't trust me. You don't have to trust me. Trust me or don't trust me. But trust the Word of God. And the Bible speaks of a place of eternal torment. I kind of always have thought about it as a haunted house on steroids. Now, I would never go to a haunted house today, but when I was in high school, I went to haunted houses. And you get all the guys, you know, on a basketball team, we'd go out, let's go to a haunted house, okay. You actually have to pay to go into that place. <laughs> so you pay money and you go inside this house and it's all haunted and all it is is behind every corner, there's a light that comes on or someone jumps out or screams or they hit you over the head. And literally, you're in there for about 15, 20 minutes. And when you get out, I mean, I mean, when you're in there, your heart is beating out of your chest. All right? And when you get out, you can't, when is this going to end? When you get out, and with your buddies, everybody's laughing. Oh, man, that was great. Did you see that? Oh, man, that was funny. That guy came out and I, I laughed. I laughed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're laughing now. <laughs> Listen to me. When you go to hell, no one's leaving, nobody's getting out, and nobody's laughing either. It's reserved for those who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord. Thanks for joining us today on Lift Up Jesus with Dudley Rutherford. If you've enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to visit us at liftupjesus.com. Sign up for our monthly devotional. It's absolutely free, and you have to love free. Say amen if you like free. We'll send it to you via email right to your inbox, and you'll be blessed and encouraged. 
I also want to encourage you to join us at Shepherd Church this weekend at one of our three campuses. If you do not have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us here at Shepherd, either at Porter Ranch Campus, the Woodland Hills Campus, or up there in Aquadulce. Visit our website at liftupjesus.com to learn more about Shepherd Church, our locations, and our service times. And if you feel led to support us in this radio outreach to Los Angeles, I invite you to partner with us. Go to the website liftupjesus.com and help us reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is people like you and gifts like yours that enable this radio program to exist. For a financial gift of any amount, we will send you our anchored Bible study journal. The journal features a Bible reading plan, a page to journal for every day of the year. There are thought-provoking questions and inspirational quotes that will take you deeper into God's Word. You can call us toll-free at 888-818-4777 or visit our website at liftupjesus.com. We'd love to hear from you and remember to meet me, Pastor Dudley Rutherford, here every weekday at 7 p.m. at KKLA as we continue to lift up Jesus. Jesus.